Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. I am your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Joe Delera for part two of the Buckets season mega preview blowout. We're doing the Western Conference today. Just trying to get you guys ready, get us ready. The season starts on Tuesday. We made it. Joe, we made it. Basketball is back. Are you excited? Dude, it is the best. So we're back. (laughs) It's like Christmas morning for us right now or Christmas Eve or some version of Christmas. We got real games. So the goal of this podcast is to run through the Western teams. We're going to hit every single team, even you, Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to talk about you for like 24 seconds at some point. We'll give you a shot clock. But we just want to talk about, okay, who are we betting on right away? What, What are the angles for these games right out of the gates? Are there angles we have for you? And then who are we watching? What are the teams that that we need to keep an eye on to learn about and see, okay, I'm not going to bet you yet, but how do I learn from you just to, to inform what we're doing going forward? We'll have overs and unders for certain teams out of the gates of just, you know, looking at pace and what we're expecting there, you know, fading hype, fading vibes, depending on how the off season went. <laughs> of course, it's me and Jealous. We got props for you. Get you some escalator prop ideas early on. We're going to talk about rotation systems, some of the new coaches and new fits for some of the big player additions. So yeah, we're just going to kind of run through a couple minutes on each team and just get squared away as we get to the season. Uh, before we get started, don't forget, if you have not somehow done it yet, Make sure to get the Action Network app. You've got to have it. you got to have it for the NBA season. Get it and put Joe and Brandon, that's me, put us on your app. Turn the notifications on because on a typical day during the season, especially now, we're in basketball season. We're in football. It's hockey now. Baseball playoffs are here. Soccer is here. World Cup is coming. On a typical day, Joe, let me give you an over-under. Typical day, you are on the Action Network app following me and you. You've got notifications on over or under 38.5 notifications from bets between the two of us. All I know is that you're going to get more notifications from bets from us than scores during a Thursday night football game. So yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we are recording this on Thursday night, and somehow we managed to get an even worse game than 12-9 last week, and we we got even lower scoring this week. So let's get to a much higher scoring sport. Let's get to the Western Conference. If you haven't listened yet, Eastern Conference is on part one of this. Make sure to check that one out. Western Conference, the goal here is we're going to start with teams that we think need a little bit more time at the top and then get to the uh, thunders of the world toward the end of the podcast. Now, we're starting at the top. The team that is most interesting in the West, for me, it's got to be the Pelicans. Skinny Zion is here and ready to go. How excited are you for Zion? Dude, I'm I can't wait to watch him like really play. Like I've watched some in the preseason and he's just a monster. Like I I'm so excited to see what this offense looks like. And I think they're going to be an absolute force. Like they are going to be good and they're going to be. I think like underrated, honestly, like how good they're going to be. And like, I think that there, I think that there is like a little bit of hype about him going back, but it's always like tempered with the fact that he might get hurt, but they're going to be very, very good. I think. 
I think so too. I'm looking to play overs in Pelicans games early on. And that's a Zion effect for me because I think it's both sides. Zion on offense is going to really juice the offense and he's going to get, you know, we forget he had so many easy baskets because he's an absolute beast on the offensive glass and he gets so many easy chances, just go right back up and it's just like juice their numbers and that juice of the overall scoring. But also last we saw at least, He's not a good defender, and the Pelicans are not a good defensive team. Even when they found some defensive answers last year, I worry a little bit that Zion may undo some of those because him being in the lineup takes away some of the other defense that would have been in the lineup. So I think it's a double whammy. We get more Pelicans scoring and more scoring allowed. So I'll take overs early, I think, in Pelican spots. What, I, what props are you looking for? Is there a Zion prop that you've got your eye on? Yeah, so one of the things that I really like betting on Zion, it's not his points, it's not his dunks, but it's actually his assists. And I think that he's been a great facilitator, and we've seen this like throughout his career so far. Um, Last time he played for the full season, he averaged 3.7 assists. And even the preseason, like he's really racking up assists on like limited minutes. He's had five, he's had four, and he's doing this in like 20 minutes. So I think that he's like an excellent facilitator. He's unselfish. And like the way that guys and like teams have to like aggressively run after him because he's unselfish. He's like, I can get my own basket, like whenever I want. So like he'll dish it, like, and he will find the guys that he wants to, like he can kind of run like as like a facilitator from like the elbow or even like the low block. Like he is, he's good at finding the open man and he's not, unwilling to do so so i think that i'm gonna be looking for props if i see like two and a half i'm smashing that over like in that that's one where you can do those types of escalator props like you can grab like a four a five and it's like not crazy because like the number's so low in the first place whereas like some of these other guys like when their lines at like 10 it's hard to go higher than yeah. that it's like there's only so many minutes there's only so many baskets but zion if they're gonna put out like two and a halfs we're betting that right away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last time we saw him healthy, he was point Zion. He was putting yeah. up like five, six, seven assists a game. Now, this is a very different team, but it also is a team that doesn't really have a point guard because no. I- I'm assuming that we're going to basically get CJ McCollum kind of playing point guard so that way they can get Herb out there and get enough defense on the court. Jose Alvarado is a point guard, but I don't think he's going to see a ton of minutes, certainly not with the starters. So I, I-, I was looking at their lineup being like, man, I just don't know who's the point guard on this team. Well, what if Zion is the point guard on the team? Because he that's what he was doing the last time that we saw him. So uh, Zion, okay, if you're listening and you see Zion for like 10 minutes of a game and he's just looking great, what's the buy-in spot for you? If you haven't done it yet, when do I get to make my MVP bet on Zion? What do you have to see from him in the regular season to get that bet in? Uh, I bet it already. Uh, but <laughs> but if you haven't bet it yet, if you haven't if you haven't bet it yet, I would be looking to see him not like to be playing on back to backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is important because I think if he's going to sit back to backs, that like really takes like the 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 wind out of the sails there. And I'm looking for like I think he's got to be at like 28 points a game, probably like maybe 10 rebounds. I don't know if he needs 10 rebounds, but like if he's if his assists are like popping and like that's surprising. And I think it's just like the the team has to be hot. Like if the team is winning and they're cruising, then it's going to be like, oh well, like Zion's Zion's the guy. So uh, that's yeah. going to be it's going to be a little bit of like a symbiotic relationship. Obviously, like he's going to have to score. He's going to have to have like the violent dunks, 
and uh because that matters you know like saber metrics and uh <laughs> and, and they have to no. win so that that's what i'm gonna be looking for to bet on him yeah i think that's right we've called this team the highest variance team in basketball all off season so i think too just to be careful we're gonna see some high highs with this team like they're gonna come out and put drop like 138 points in some game and then they're gonna come out and give up 145 the next night yeah, so yeah I think I want to be careful to not overreact too much because we talked about the high variance outcomes for the season. I think we may see that just game to game early on as well. So give us some time, let it breathe a little bit with this Pelicans team. Let's see where they go. Another team we need to see where they go. My, or at least Matt Moore's Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll see. We got Rudy Gobert is in. This is the most hyped Timberwolves season since Kevin Garnett was around. And like, frankly, there was only a couple Kevin Garnett seasons that were hyped either. Like the, the, the hype for what this Minnesota team should be this season is expectations are basically to have one of the two or three best seasons in franchise history. So I think we have to see what, how does Minnesota respond to that? This is a young team that went from, Hey, Oh, it's great. We made the playoffs. A woman just glued her hand to the floor. Isn't this fun out here? And like, that's, that's not the expectation anymore. You got to show up now. You got to win games. And there are people thinking that the Wolves could be a top two, three seed in the West. And I think that is a fair possible expectation. That's a very different version of this team. Like I thought it was ridiculous, but everyone was making fun of them for winning last year to win a play-in game that so because funny. that's the level of what the franchise was. So it's a very different sort of expectation for this team with Rudy Gobert in town I even I did a whole thing in the offseason about okay, I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do this stupid trade for Gobert as a, a Wolves fan. They're my local team growing up. I had a whole thing about like who will be my new team. I had it down to five teams. And I think I like got COVID and forgot about it for a while. So <laughs> I had to, I have to personally I have to find out is this still my team? Do I still am I still a Timberwolves fan? So you're not a Wolves fan. You're just no. a basketball fan. What are you watching for with the Timberwolves? Well, I'm wondering if you're going to disavow your team. But secondly, <laughs> I'm looking to see, like, does Anthony Edwards really take that, like, step up? Like, is is he going to be, like, that dude? Is he – or is he – like, is he going to be the guy that was just antagonizing Bo Cruz? Because, right. like, then, like, maybe maybe they'll be awesome. But um, I'm really interested to see, like, how Gobert and Towns play together – uh, you're going to have like two, like really, especially towns lost a lot of weight. So like, you're going to have two like really lanky guys running the floor together in Minnesota. And like, I just, I'm curious to see what that does for them. Uh, towns, like, obviously he can stretch the floor. Like he can shoot threes. Like we saw like that, like crazy outburst he had in the one game, but I'm like, I am like, I'm like making a joke about him losing the weight, but like, I'm concerned about his health, especially at yeah, the beginning of the too. season. And like, how are, like, how are they going to manage that? How are they going to play on the floor together? And like, who's getting these rebounds? Like, is it going to come out of like, who's like, who's going to drop those and like, who's going to not really be in the paint and have to play outside because we know like Gobert is going to play drop and like, that's what they're going to play in the regular season. But like, what is town supposed to play? <laughs> right. Like, so like, yeah. I, I'm really, I, I don't understand like what I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. Cause it's like, they're running out like a 90 style, like Clippers team, like out, like out there. So like, I just, I'm, I'm, it's really bizarre. Um, maybe it'll work for them, but uh, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Yeah. I had that in my notes as well. I, I want to play the unders on towns rebounds coming out of the gates because 
I think he's the answer to that question. Rudy Gobert was a top two rebounder. Like his rebounding has really gone up the last few years. I think he's yeah. putting up 13, 14, 14 boards a night yeah. usually. And so like we know which of these guys is has to be anchored to the paint. It's it's not Towns. Gobert is the guy that has to be down there. That's what you go and get him for. That has to mean Towns with his, you know, his, his max contract on center money that literally lasted one day before he became like, you know, a small forward basically now. So he's going to be the guy away from the basket. He's going to be, hopefully, he better be shooting more threes. So maybe that means some points overs. But I think just by definition of Gobert being there, he's going to have to be outside the paint a little bit more. And also defensively, he's going to be not guarding a center anymore. So that's outside the paint. Both sides, I think he's going to be away from the basket more. I don't know what that does. I'm a little skeptical, you know, as a fan, just as an analyst, what Gobert adds, I wonder if it might take away some from Gobert and where the numbers from, from towns and where the numbers go. So I'll fade the rebounds and, and take, take it for what it is. I'm the Timberwolves nihilist. Of course, I'm fading the team early. Like they got to prove it to me. The defense, I think is going to take some time and it's going to take a while to figure out a totally new thing with Gobert, all the hype and expectations it weighs on a young team. I think it's a team that you have to bet against until they prove otherwise. And maybe that'll happen within a game or two. They could be a great regular season team. And I don't mind if I have to lose money a game or two and then quickly right ship and go the other direction. But I think they have to earn my trust a little bit. Is that just my T-Wolves nihilism or is there something there? No, I think that's, I think that you're hundred percent right. Like they're, they're getting a lot of off season hype. So that's always something like I like to try to fade, I guess, or like try to look for spots to fade. Like, you know, or at least it's like opening my eyes to a situation. And honestly, the, their first game of the season, they're a home favorite against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's <laughs> like a perfect storm of like a team that I want to not bet on uh, in like to start the season. So I, I'm I'm with you there. And I like, I don't know, we'll, we'll just we'll just have to see how it shakes out for them. But I think that their yeah. defense could be excellent. But in time. I think it could be in time, good. I'll give you an in time and good, not a now and excellent. I'll meet you in the middle there. (laughs) I like the I like the perfect storm thunder in an unintentional pun though. Well done on that. (laughs) Let's go to the Lakers, who are not the perfect storm. I don't know, like what aren't we watching about the Lakers? You have to watch the Lakers because we just have to see like what are they? Is LeBron James healthy? Is he trying? Does he want to play basketball right now? Does Anthony Davis fall over at the time he gets announced in the starting lineup? Like what's Russell Westbrook anymore, (laughs) right? Is is Russ playing starter minutes? Is he in a bench role on the team? Is Darvin Ham good? You know, we got a new coach on the team. That is hopefully a positive variable for them. But, you know, Vogel is a good coach too. So that's not necessarily can go that way. I've been with trepidation high on the defense on this team thinking yeah. that they were going to play big. They brought in a couple of centers. Now there's late talk of Anthony Davis trying to be talked into playing center again, which never goes well for him or the team. So I don't know. This It just feels like we're kind of in a similar spot on the Lakers where it's, it's just going to go poorly again. But I don't know. I have a lot to see on this team. It's like, I can't look away sort of watch on them, but what, what are you looking for in the Lakers? Yeah. Like the Lakers feel like I, like I'm, I'm from Jersey and like I am addicted to Jersey shore and the shirt before the shirt and like everything <laughs> like that. And like, I've been continuing to watch Jersey shore family vacation 
even though like we're on a million seasons of it and it's like, it's not very good anymore, but like, I just can't stop watching it. And that's what it feels like when I'm watching the Lakers. Like I just like have to watch it. And the thing is though, with the Lakers, they're 75 and 33 with LeBron and AD in the regular season. And that's a 69.4% nice. So uh, it's, you know, like they're good. Like when they play together, they're good. So it's just like, are we too down on them because of the Russ stuff? Like, I don't think that Russ makes them like that bad as long as he's willing to like, just, you know, pass the ball um, and like not take bad shots. And I think that the thing is like, these guys, they were out a lot last season. Like he was the only guy that was really healthy and like, he's just, I just don't think he's capable of being like the dude anymore. So I'm wondering if, if LeBron and AD are going to play, maybe I think we're like, everyone is a little low on them for a team, for a team that like does have a ton of talent, at least at the top with LeBron and AD. Like I'm never going to count them out when <laughs> like, as long as they're healthy, they're good. They're great. But that's always the question with them as long as they're healthy. Yeah. So, so as long as Anthony Davis stays healthy and as long as Russell Westbrook turns into not Russell Westbrook, the Lakers will be great. So (laughs) Lakers fans, you're, you're in luck. As long as those two things go down, Denver Nuggets, they're the team that I love in the West Mm -hmm. team that I think is definitely a one seed potential. I've seen to see Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Play basketball in a meaningful game again. That's what I want to see. Just show me the team. I, I think this is a championship roster. And maybe not because we'll have to see if the defense can get there. We haven't seen a a champion like this where the defense, you know, where the offense is so much better than the defense. But I I just want to see it all mesh together. We've been excited about this roster. I love that they went out and got Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown. We haven't really even seen like Aaron Gordon in the right role on this team. We saw it for like two weeks when they first traded for him. And then that's when all the injuries came. Just show me the nuggets because their win total dropped going into the year. I don't understand. What what is there not to like about this team? I think they should be one of the highest win totals on the board. They're under 50 right now as a win total. And I think this is like a 60 win potential team. So I just want to watch the team. I think it'll be really fun to watch. I think it'll be really good. Apparently they're undervalued. So I'm going to be betting Denver early and often. Same. Like I, I really like Denver. I liked them last year on the hopes that these guys would come back and play maybe for the playoffs and they want to not, but I think you need to think about it this way. Like you said, they got KCP. Um, so I think that's an upgrade, at least like for this team specifically. I think he fits the roster really yeah. well. But if we go back two seasons and granted, like he's got like they're older, but like nobody's really old, like on the Nuggets. Like nobody's that old, like between Jokic, Murray, Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr. So if you look back to the 2020-2021 season, like when they first got Gordon, they were a plus 17.1 in all lineups with them. And they were scoring 127.2 points per 100 possessions, and they only allowed 110.1. So that's why I was saying I think it's interesting that you brought up the defense because that defensive rating with that lineup before, if you looked at the like last season's defensive metrics, that would have been eighth. That would have been the eighth best defense in the league. So they're scoring a lot, and that that particular lineup was playing. Very, very well. Yeah. And then you add in a guy like KCP who, you know, can play defense, like at least good team defense. So like, that's great. And then at, for the bench, you got, you know, Bones Highland can like maybe really take a step up. And then you have a guy like Ish Smith who 
is a great backup point guard. He's exactly what you want a backup point guard. So uh, especially since Murray, maybe if the manager's minutes, like whatever, but Smith is exactly what you want. So I don't know how this team is 21. Like I, I, no, I don't I get it. it. I think they're very, very good. Um, I like this team a lot and I'm going to be betting them like aggressively probably to start the season. Yeah, I agree. Night to night. And you want to get some, some futures angle here. Uh, I, I just filed today. So it should be up by the time that you are listening to this, my coach of the year column. I think Michael Malone for coach of the year is a really good pick too, because we know voters really don't want to give MVP to Jokic again. They've no. tried so hard not to twice already. So he's going to have great numbers, but if the Nuggets do win high 50s games, Michael Malone, I think, is the sort of default answer to who can win a big award for the team. The other thing I thought of, too, that I just got irrationally excited about, not last season, Michael Porter Jr. played nine awful games last season, but the last time we saw healthy Michael Porter Jr. uh, the year before, there was a big change for him, like two-thirds of the way through the season. He went from playing right underneath the basket to playing like the tall Clay Thompson version that we've kind of painted him as. Yeah. And what happened was Michael Moore Jr. is a really good rebounder. Like even back college and high school, his rebounding numbers are elite for his position, but his rebounding tank because he was not by the basket anymore. And we never adjusted the lines. So my guy, Andy oh. Glockner and I on Twitter had, we, we called it hashtag BBIS, the best, best bet in sports because the under on Michael Porter Jr.'s rebounding hit something like 20 out of 22 times or something. And the line just would not drop because like, I'm looking, I pulled up his game log and he went from, you know, in like March, April, he's at nine, 10, 11, 10, 10. Like these are the rebounds every night. And especially he's a great offensive rebounder. He's getting like three, four, five a night. Then the role switches and abruptly suddenly he's at five rebounds, seven, five, five, six, seven, and the offensive rebounds are just zeros, just like nothing. Wow. Because he's shooting threes. He's playing threes, out beyond the yeah. arc, and there's no offensive rebounds to get. So keep an eye on that one. If the line's opening at like six and a half where it should be, then the BBIS might be over. But if they're looking at just, all right, it's Michael Porter Jr. He's averaging like nine boards a game. Then keep an eye out and, and bet that one early. Hopefully like we get that. a little fun with that one before it disappears. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right, let's stay with some of these other teams at the top of the West. That Pacific division, we got those three teams that are all vying for top of the division as if anybody cares and vying for top of the West, which we do care. I think we both like the Clippers the best out of the three. So what are you looking for from the Clippers? Dude, this team's got more wings than happy hour and it's awesome. Like <laughs> it, this team is so good. Like I'm so excited to watch them play just at least on like a night to night basis. We're going to finally see Kawhi and apparently is now like tree trunk legs back on the court. So like that's gonna be great because he's just he's a pleasure to watch play basketball he's so good he's so like efficient and the way that he can like attack a defense and also like play defense is like really awesome and like the last time we saw him and paul george playing together they like were pushing a Suns team to like the brink of like realistically like i I think they would have beat them in that series so i'm very excited to see that and then they just have like i said they have so many wings and I think that there's going to be a team where every night, like somebody can do something different because of just based on matchups. So I think this is going to be a team where I'm going to be looking on like a night to night basis saying like, all right, which wing or like complementary player fits this matchup the best. And I think we're going to get a good opportunity maybe for some props here 
just based on like actually handicapping it. And it's not going to be like, oh, well, this guy just like went off the past like three games in a row. And it's like, well, yeah, but like in this matchup, maybe like Luke Kennard's the guy actually, or like Powell's the guy or Brandon Boston's the guy. Like it's, I, I'm very excited to see that. I am a little disappointed that they, I'm happy for my Knicks, but losing Hartenstein, yeah. I think is important. And they don't really have another big besides Zubach who is like, who's fine, but like, I could see them trying to add somebody at the de- by the deadline. Yeah, though, really, they were playing like Robert Covington and Nick Batum as de facto centers and apparently yeah. making it work because why not? Just play all the wings at all the times and call them centers and point guards and whatever. So I think that'll be interesting. John Wall, we finally have a point guard on the team. True. We've been saying that about the Clippers for, for a couple of years, that they, they need somebody to, you know, run some offense when things, you know, bog down a little bit. So I'm interested to see how does he fit. Matt's not here to stop me from betting on Norm Powell overs. So give me the Norm overs. Give me the points early on. I think he's going to be a good play there. I think the Clippers too, they're a team that's going to have a very high floor because the defense is good. I think we underestimate like this. This is number one offense potential on this team because the shooting is outrageous on this team and PG and Kawhi when they're healthy are so efficient. So I think this is a team that's going to just have a very healthy ATS record from night to night. Because when they're healthy, you got Kawhi and PG. You have maybe the best awesome. pair in basketball, as good as anybody. Like we forget how good those guys, especially Kawhi, are. But then I think even more so, they're going to sit a night, one or two of them. And I, I want to bet the Clippers then, too, because yeah. I think the line is going to say, oh, well, Kawhi is out. We have to move the line way down, which it should on most teams. But on this team, there's so much depth and so many players that I think the line maybe over-adjusts on one of those guys and like, look, this team won, won half of their games last year basically with no Kawhi or PG. George barely played and wasn't good when he did play. So uh, this this is why the more preseason and offseason went on, I just got higher and higher in the Clippers because I like them without the guys and I yeah. love them with the guys. So and Ty Lue's a great coach. So absolutely. That, that really is, I think, going to help like gel that whole squad together. Yeah, speaking of gelling, the Phoenix Suns, not gelling, not gelling at all. So we'll talk That's about Suns and Warriors because I think we're kind of in a similar spot on both of them. I, I got to fade the Suns early because I, I don't like the vibes. I don't like the stank coming out of what I see from Phoenix right now. All the offseason stuff. I've talked at length about that. No Jay Crowder. So I think that no. matters. Crowder is good. And this team, I need to see, do you need depth? Is there anybody off your bench that can do stuff? And also, I was skeptical about the defense on this team. Ranked really highly last year, and I don't really know why. There's, I don't see great defense. I see decent defense. And some of those advanced metrics had Jay Crowder as their best defender. Now, those metrics yeah. are flawed, but Crowder's good. Crowder's a good, He's important good. piece of a five-man unit. And, I mean, I just – I, I got to fade the team early. This is a team I want to bet against night to night. Until I actually see that the old sons are in there, they're going to have to they're gonna have to pay me off, basically, before I have to – to bet on them. Yeah, I mean, they just feel like a Chris Paul injury away from being at least in the play-in. Like, the West is stacked. So it's like, if there's, like, any, I don't know, like unrest or so almost, like, I, I struggle to see the Suns being, like, as good as they've been. And it it's, like you said, it's, it's a proven situation. Like, Aiden got paid now, and he doesn't really want to be there. Um, like, I think it's kind of evident, like, you have to wonder how his performance is maybe going to be impacted. It's like, all right, like he got his bag. Like now what, you know? So it, 
I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not excited for them. I'm also never excited for the Phoenix Suns. Like they're just like not a team that <laughs> yeah. I'm like excited to watch on a night to night basis, like as, as good as they are. Um, but I, 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 I struggle to see them. Like there has to be a downturn at some point. And like with their style of offense, like we know that Paul and Booker are super efficient, but you know, I, I'm wondering if maybe like the maybe the book's out on them a little bit now that you know we saw what the Mavs did to them in the playoffs. So I'm um, I'm curious. Yeah, I will say the one spot that I won't fade is if it's close late. I'm not looking oh, no. to fade then because Chris Paul, the God, is just the clutch God and going to put those games away. And it has to end maybe at some point too, but that might end when Chris Paul retires. Like I, (laughs) I'm not willing to bet against that. Their, their clutch rating has followed him his entire career in ways that very few players in NBA history have had. Like clutch is basically random and coin flip. Unless you have Chris Paul, then you just win all the games. So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't need any part of clutch Suns games. Otherwise I'm fading. I don't know if I'm really fading the warriors, but I'm definitely watching the vibes and just like, do, do they like each other? Are they locked in? And what is the fallout from this Draymond pool thing? I think the Warriors for me are kind of a wait and see because it's totally possible to me that this is nothing, that this was yeah. just a thing in practice. And like we've heard for years, Steph's leadership and how he gets things going and gets, you know, gets the right taste again. I wouldn't surprise me at all to see them come out perfectly happy, hunky dory, Clay shooting threes in the corner. And like, if anything, Draymond ready game one, locked in, bringing like the defensive player, the year level defense would not surprise me to see that the Warriors are just like, oh, you thought, huh? Well, guess what? We're the champs and we're still here. That could happen. And it could go way the other way too. So I just, I think we'll know quickly. We'll know on opening night, but I got to see it. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. And I'm also excited to see Wiseman back, honestly. I think that that was a piece. They obviously didn't need him last year. Like, they won the title. But that was a piece that I think, depending on the matchup that they got dealt, and they just didn't really run into an issue where they, like, desperately needed, like, another big man. And, like, Looney was good. Looney was very good. So I'm not going to take any – I'm not going to knock him there. But I think that Wiseman – the, if he's really developed and like, I think it's kind of one of those things like he's, he's gone around with the team. Like he's been out, but he's gone around with the team. He's learning. He's like going through the NBA workouts. He's going through like watching the film, watching the practice. Like I, I think that he's going to be better this year. Like than he, than the last time he's like touched the foot on the court. And I'm wondering like what that rotation is going to be like. And I'm curious to see like which one of like their other younger guys, like Kaminga or Moody, like who steps up and fills in a little bit more of a scoring role because we've talked about this before. They are going to be in like a cap, they're going to be in cap hell like real soon. Yeah. And they need to figure out who it's going to be. And like, I think that because they want a title, they're going to be afforded some more flexibility during the regular season to try some of these things mm. and, you know, see where it goes. Um, but I'm excited for that. But overall, like, I, like I'll always watch the Warriors because Steph is so much fun. But like, we know what we're getting here. So yeah. I, I we'll see. We'll see if that if that was just anything more than you know guys being dudes at practice. So we'll see. Yeah, I think for me, Moses Moody is the guy that I expect to just be ready. He seemed like he was ready already in the playoffs, and and you yeah. know stepping into some nights, even in the finals, and and playing some real solid rotation minutes. So I, I think I feel good about him. 
I don't feel good yet about Wiseman and Kuminga. They're going to have to win me over and just prove that they have grown IQ wise, just like in the, the, the Warriors, the thing that makes them great is how well they just know where to go and everything yeah. moves in, in symphony at all times. And that's just not what I've seen in the past from Kuminga and Wiseman, but I didn't see that from Jordan Poole before either. I didn't see that from a lot of other guys and that Warriors culture thing is real. So if it turns out that Kuminga has absorbed that and that Wiseman has grown and figured that out and we get to add that on top of all the Warriors stuff, oh man, that could be really good too. So yeah, we got to see that. I got to see the defense too. Is the defense still what it could be? I've been skeptical because they lost a lot of those other defenders besides Draymond. And that's back to Kuminga and Wiseman, I think, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll watch the Warriors and Suns, see how the vibes check out. A couple other playoff teams, I think we kind of know what they are. The Mavs and the Grizzlies, division rivals there. So, Mavericks, do we got skinny Luka? Is Luka ready at the start of the season rather than, like, New Year's Day, finally? And then what about Christian Wood? What are they doing with Christian Wood? He's the new guy there. What's it going to do? Is it going to kill the defense? Is he a sixth man? Does he know what he's doing? Has he talked to Jason Kidd or has he found his phone and learned how to text yet? Like what is happening with him? I just feel like the Mavericks are kind of like that team where they're, they keep getting guys that are just all sixth men. And it's just like, it's like, like somebody's got to start. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't understand how on that team, you're not starting Christian Wood. And then like, they're also apparently, I don't think they're starting Dinwiddie either like that's not really one the of them? Plan. I don't think that's the plan so like, I don't really know what they're doing I mean they're getting Hardaway Juniors should be back I guess from injury so I mean like they're just gonna run Luca with a bunch of guys that shoot threes <laughs> and then run Dinwiddie and Christian Wood in all the other minutes so like I guess maybe that's what they're gonna do but I don't know like I, I think it's just gonna be this is either the year that Luca like maybe finally wins MVP as the favorite or just you know, it's just like, is he ever like, what, what's going on here? Like, I don't know. They, I'm not like, I don't know. They, they just, they blow my mind. Like, I don't understand how they had a great defense <laughs> last year. Like, I, it, and they, they've been doing well, but I just, they just keep like shuffling out like these big men that are supposed to play well with Luca and then they, they're not. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see why that yeah. is or if that's like a trend now. Yeah, I like the idea of 23-year-old Luka Doncic finally winning MVP. <laughs> but, like, that's how basketball cycles go. We we hype people up, and then we turn real fast and real hard when, when we're not happy with what we're getting. So yeah. I, I think it is that sort of make-or-break feel sort of season. Like, uh, we're a year away from Luka becoming one of those, like, well, is he ever going to get a ring? Like, show me, the, show me the winning. The dude just played in the Western Conference Finals. So just to be clear, I'm not saying that, but those conversations are lurking out there waiting. Yeah. They're coming. Luca has average the last two years led the league in usage 36% two seasons ago, 37.4 last year in the playoffs has been over 40% on both of those. If you're right. And Dinwiddie and uh, the, if they both come off the bench and it's just Luca and shooters, like this dude's going to put up for in the forties, maybe on usage. Like he could have some 50% usage nights that just 
at some point, maybe he just wins MVP because he's putting up like 35, yeah. 12, and 13 every night. And we're just like, I don't know. If your stats are that high, we have to give it to you. Like, dude, they're going to start Frank Neil Aquino with him. I, like, maybe. <laughs> like, he didn't even start for the Knicks. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, right now, like, I'm looking at the depth chart, and it looks like it's supposed to be Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and JaVale McGee. The, All right, that, well. To me, that's crazy. <laughs> Like, that's crazy. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he doesn't win MVP with the usage that he should have with that starting lineup, like, I, that, I'm like, how yeah. else would he? Well, like, we're, we're going to get this. We're going to get the crazy, like, angry yelling first take debates because it's it's shaping up to be the eight seed Mavericks with Luca has no help. Luca yeah. can't have help when he has nobody. Like, when when he sucks up every shot and assist and rebound and everything else, he is creating the no help. Like we're, we're, uh, I'm already tired of the conversation that hasn't started yet. Let, let's, let's keep moving. I can't do it already. We're, we haven't started yet. So we'll, we'll see. Grizzlies, how much do they miss Jaron Jackson? And I think the answer is a lot. And I think it's more than we are giving credit for. And it's not just defense. It's offense too, because Jaron Jackson is the only guy on that team. The only big man that spaces them out. You need the spacing because that's what lets John Morant just drive into the lane and, and do John Morant things. So I have to fade the team early without Jaron Jackson. You know, they were the two seed last year, and I, I feel like the hype was a little high. I'm worried that they are a play-in team potentially. So I'm yeah. probably looking at bat against the Grizzlies early on until Jaron Jackson is back and until they prove that they play like a two C, like they're given credit for. I mean, you're going to get an opportunity to game one of the season because they're playing the New York Knickerbockers. And <laughs> you know, I already bet them. But I'm cons- the part of why I'm concerned is like in preseason anyway, Grizzlies are three and two. Great, fine. They have a plus 5.3 net rating in the preseason. The problem with that is John Morant's been playing in the fourth quarter, like all preseason. <laughs> yeah. Like no other team's doing that. So that's that's a concern to me. Like they're they're playing like they're playing playing in the preseason, and they lost to like the Magic. And like John Morant was in like trying to dunk on people with like two minutes left, and they lost. So I mean, to me, that's concerning. And last season they were so good without him. Like, great. That's good for them. Sure. I don't know how that's sustainable, like, at all. Like, obviously, he's going to, number one, he's going to play presumably more games this season, but like, he's the best player on the team. You can't, like, there's something wrong with that, like, metric. Like, if they're playing better without him, like, I guess it's like the, it's like the thing that we talked about with Boston. It's like rally together, but I, I struggle to see that. And the guy that I think is going to be, I want him to stay good is Desmond Bain. But the problem is it's like Dylan Brooks is just like a usage hog. Like (laughs) it's just like, he's going to shoot the ball 20 times. He's going to have one assist maybe, and he's gonna have 20 points and he's never going to score more than 20 points because he's not efficient enough to. And like, that's, that's like a, that's, that's tough for a guy like Bain who is ultra efficient and like, and John Morant's also a big usage guy. So I'm, I'm very low on this team especially to start the season. And like maybe when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, I'll be a little bit higher on them. But right now I, I, I think that they could fall like precipitously in the West. Yeah, I do too. I, I think there could be a buyback point later in the year, but I, I think they're going to have to get there for me first. I'm fading up until then. We definitely have gotten kind of to the, the play in fringes part of the West here. I feel like that's yeah. right about where the Blazers fit in. 
is Damian Lillard still in there? That's what I want to see because I, I love Dame. I love my Dame time. If he's still in there, then it is disrespectful to treat the Blazers as a fringe play-in sort of team because yeah. Dame has basically been him and this offense have been a top five offense. I think top three offense for multiple years in a row when he's been healthy. Maybe he didn't drop off at all last year. Maybe the abdomen thing just was a bad injury. He's been a very durable player throughout his career. He's not that old. I think he's like 32 or something like that. Yeah. Should have another few years left in him. So if Dame is good, I think the Blazers maybe are a little higher in hierarchy than we're giving them credit for. I need to see what does Anthony Simons look like now that he has an actual team and an actual sport around him. Like we <laughs> saw a lot of great Anthony Simons overs last year. Well, it's because they were tanking and not playing any defense and just like running and trying to lose. And so he's putting up numbers, but what's he look like next to Dame, which I assume is where he will be. And similarly along those lines, give me overs on this team because oh, yeah. it's, it's going to be lots of Blazers points. Their offense is going to be a little better than we're giving credit for. And we all know exactly how bad the defense is going to be. So those Especially- lines are going to be high, but I want the over anyway. Yeah, I would say especially too, because apparently like in preseason, they were trying to do some, they were trying to play some switch, which is not typical for the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> so Yusef Nurkic, switch master. <laughs> it's just not what they, it's just not what they do. But if, if we see that early in the season, that means like they're making a concerted effort to be able to do so for either particular matchups or for the playoffs, presumably. And that's going to have some growing pains and that's going to be a real good opportunity to capitalize on overs. Like you're saying, because it's like guys are just going to miss coverage. They're just going to miss what they're doing um, because they're not used to it when like the main guys have been there for a number of years now. So, you know, they did add some guys that they got Gary Payton, the second Shaden Sharp's going to be exciting. Um, But, you know, hopefully we don't see too much trend Watford as much as I like him and drew Eubanks, but like, all those guys got the one thing is all those guys got really good, meaningful minutes at the back end of last season. So you wonder if it's like, all right, well now if like if we transition them to like a bench role, maybe they'll be okay. Like maybe this is a team to maybe, maybe play some second quarter stuff. Um, and like with this bench unit that got more experience than a typical bench unit would. We have five teams left. Let's just get through these quickly. Matt Moore's Sacramento Kings. Matt is big on the Kings to go over, maybe make a play and a push. I need to see the pace for this team. Are they fast or are they slow? We know the defense is not going to be very good. They should be fast because when you have Fox running the the point guard, you should be running all the time. So I need to see what does the pace look like because that's going to inform heavily. I think we'll have some high totals or low totals way off from what the number is, depending on how the pace shapes up. And then, too, I want to see how does the usage sort out because – we added Keegan Murray. Everyone likes him for Rookie of the Year, but there's a lot of dudes there that that need feeding. And we got Malik Monk is there. Kevin Herter is there. Box was averaging 29 a game last year once Sabonis came over. Sabonis is going to handle a lot. Harrison Barnes is still around. I feel like they're going to be unders for some of those guys early on because they just they can't all be the thing that they're supposed to. Yeah. So I want to keep an eye on the usage. Who gets you know who who starts but ends up losing shots because there's not enough shots in the starting lineup who maybe gets a few extra shots up with the bench unit. So that's the Kings uh, that I'm watching. The next team on my list, 
if I let you do this, you apparently were just going to lead the podcast with like 15 minutes of Utah jazz. I don't have <laughs> anything to say about the jazz. You had them like third or fourth on your list for West interest. I don't even want to see the jazz jerseys. They look like they got designed by like the, the, the pot, you know, the paperclip Microsoft dude. I have nothing for the jazz. Why do you want to watch or bet on the jazz? I want to watch them because I'm like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be like that bad. Like, oh, I think they're going to be bad. <laughs> I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be bad, but like Sexton is good. Like if he's healthy, he's good. His usage is going to be absurd. And then Laurie Markkinen, you know, the, the King of Finland over there, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, he guy was crushing in Eurobasket. So I'm wondering like, to what extent, like some of these guys like they have like, some rotational players there. So I'm curious to see how they kind of gel together and what the, at what point do they tank? Cause we know they're going to tank. Like we know that's what's coming, but before they do that, because like we know like there's a certain threshold, like they don't need to start tanking right away. Like in theory, like they're just, they're bad. So I'm wondering like how this team's going to gel together. Their defense is going to probably be really, really bad. Um, like they're de- they're starting like Olenek and marketing. It's going like, to be horrendous. <laughs> so like, there's going to, they're going to be a team that you're betting like overs and like they play the nuggets to start the season. Oh. So <laughs> Obviously, Give me the Nuggets up. team over yeah. on that one. Uh, yeah, obviously blow up potential. But yeah, like that's an angle. Like other teams, team overs maybe would be a good angle against the Jazz, like rather than like a full game over. Um, so or like first half overs, because it might be a blowout, like something like that. So that that's why I'm curious to see how they play, just because like I know they're not going to be good, but I also think that like there could be some exciting moments or like good offensive moments for some of these guys. Yeah, sure, whatever. I, I don't know. I got nothing on the Jazz. I think I would rather play the opponent team total over than the yeah. game over because I think the Jazz are going to hoist a lot of shots, but they, they are make- a litany of guys that I do not want on my team. Like, they're in they're a roster of six-men gunners, and uh, some nights those shots are going to fall, and it's going to be like, whoa, the Jazz, wow, look at those points. And other nights it's going to be like, oh, Jordan Clarkson was 3 of 19 tonight, and – we missed our under because the jazz shot 33% from the field or whatever. So uh, yeah. I think I'll take the, the nuggets overs and whoever it is that they're playing that night. You're right. The defense is not going to be good on that team. Speaking no. of bad defense, the Houston Rockets, they're going to be fast. They're going to be bad on defense. I'm going to bet the overs. That team is young. They're going to be fun to watch. And there's gonna be a lot of points. They're, they're basically younger, younger jazz to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see them. Uh, obviously, Jabari Smith. Uh, and I think Sengun is going to have a little bit bigger part in the offense this year. So uh, at least from a facilitating standpoint. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to see a little bit of Tari Eason, maybe. Uh, he's been he, he I think he just had a double double his last game in preseason. So maybe he'll get some more garbage time or like we'll see how they split those minutes up because they got a pretty young uh, like group of big men there. All right. Well, we promised you some Thunder Talk, so let's give you a minute at least of Thunder Talk. This team, at least to start the year with no Chet Holmgren and no Shea, is going to be absolutely horrendously awful. Like, I I can't even come up with the adjective for how bad this Thunder team is going to be to start the year. Give me the Josh Giddy props overs because somebody has to do stuff for this team. And, like, who who else is it? Lou Dort, Hoku, Basley, like, 
this is a starting lineup, guys, for this team. I assume that some of those mix, like Josh Giddy triple doubles, Josh Giddy rebounds, assists, like all the Josh Giddy props overs. But just, just let me bet against Thunder because this roster is really rough. They're bad. They're bad. I mean, maybe some Trey Man threes. Like he was, he was hoisting up a lot of those. And Giddy's funny because. Giddy's gonna get he's gonna get double doubles with like not points. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, like he's the so, old Jason kid. <laughs> yeah. So I he because he gets real close. Like I I would honestly be I would watch when you build like if you build them out rather than bet double double. Like he's mm-hmm. one of those guys, like Draymond's one of those guys where if you want to bet double double, like actually bet the double double prop rather than build it out, even if it's like a little bit better just because he's one of the few guys in the league that has the ability to get there and like not score enough points. Yeah. So uh, that, that I would definitely keep that in mind, at least with betting giddy props. Yeah. Cause like basically what you're saying is if you build it yourself, then now you're limiting to which of the stats you're getting yes. your double, double in, or if you just bet the double, double, you get points, rebounds, points, assists, rebounds, assists, whichever yeah. combo you've got. And to be fair, that's why the odds are a little different that way because it's giving you the option. So he, he is the guy you want to have an option on for that. Yeah, exactly. And last and least, the San Antonio Spurs, obviously a tanking team. I think there's some props that we want to play here, though. I want the oh, Keldon yeah. Johnson overs early on. I think he's going to be one of those most improved candidates, like the Jeremy Grant type, where it's just mm-hmm. somebody's putting up numbers. Somebody has to for the Spurs, because they've lost DeRozan and Derek White and DeJounte Murray. And not really brought in anyone except just some young guys. So I think Keldon points and and just Keldon having a moment early. He's not going to win that award, but no. getting into the conversation. And then who plays point guard on the team and who's going to get the assess? Somebody has to get assess. So I'm hunting. I probably won't play it the first game, but I'm looking for who's my Spurs point guard or who's my Spurs assist over because there's going to be somebody there that that we need to play. I don't know who it is yet. Yeah, I mean, Trey Jones is presumably the starter, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them, like, like jo- is Josh Primo 18 yet? Like, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we just see them just say, like, here, like, do it, like, whatever, like, go for it. Because if, like, he's so young, like, he, like he's literally, like, he's, like, how we make the jokes about Tatum being, like, 821 yet, or, like, is he still, like, it, it's, like, the same thing. Like, he's so young that, they could just give him the reins and just be like, go for it. Like, see what you can do. And then maybe we don't need to draft Scoot Henderson. Maybe we can draft Victor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but they are going to have a chance to draft one of those dudes. One of them. Yeah, so <laughs> they're not going to be good. No, they're not good. All right, well, on that note, I think that that is enough talk. Joe, we did it. We made it through 30 teams in just under 12 hours of our life. We've given you a little piece of everything. I think we give you a little actionable tip on just about every team out there. So... It's exciting. We're here. We're back. We will have you covered at Action Network. All sorts of good stuff for you, as you know. We'll have previews for game to game. Obviously, opening night, we'll get you covered there. Check that on the app. Check that on the website. Of course, we're here at the Buckets feed all season long. We'll have some workshops getting you through the action for that night. We'll have Monday and Friday kind of bigger picture stuff here. We got all sorts of basketball coverage. We're just getting started. Follow on the app. Every sport is in season right now, now that basketball is here. So it is this sports Mageddon to end all sports Mageddons because we have World Cup coming soon. We had hockey. Joe's betting on baseball playoff games, first fives and nerfies. Like we got all sorts of stuff coming. And of course, I think football is still happening too. So if you yeah. want some football action, you follow me for 
way too much football action. Let me just tell you that. So we're having fun. Basketball is back. Don't forget to listen to the Eastern version of this podcast. If you didn't yet, they should both be in your feed today. We're ready to play some real basketball. We're done. Season mega preview blowout is over, Joe. Let's get buckets. Buckets.